Just how big a step, if any, will the Packers offense take in 2022 without Devontae Adams? And what does that mean for the future of this team? How good the defense has to be? How much better the defense has to be this year than it was last year? You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. All the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Bet Online, where the game starts. I was. Listening to a podcast the other day, as I'm wont to do, thank you for listening to this one, in addition to whatever else you listen to, and they were talking about the best offenses in the league for this upcoming season, and they went through, both these hosts went through the the 10 teams that they had on offense, and I was waiting for them to say Green Bay, and yet... (laughs) As I was listening and as they were offering their suggestions over what teams they thought had the the highest likelihood of being really good in 2022, I find myself going, I don't know, it's hard for me to argue with that. Oh yeah, well, skill position, oh yeah, pass catchers, oh yeah. And over and over again, I'm going, okay, where do the Packers really stack up against these teams? And And what that question really boils down to is how much of an impact does losing Devontae Adams have on this offense, their efficiency, their productivity? And where does that leave the rest of this offense? Because this was a top five offense last year by DVOA. In fact, they were the number two offense last year by DVOA. And if you look at total DVOA, They're not that close to Tampa Bay, who was number one. But if you look at weighted DVOA, so how they played in the second half of the season, that's when the two teams are are pretty close. And then no one else is really even close to them after that. The Chiefs, the Chargers, they are clearly in this other tier. So how far down the line do the Packers fall losing Devontae Adams? And I think if you just look at skill positions... And you look at these lists. So let's just take DVOA, for example. Tampa, better skill players. KC, better skill players. The Chargers, the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, the Rams. Okay, Patriots at nine. Probably not. 10, the Bills, the Eagles at 11, the Broncos at 12. I think it starts to get a little weird after that. Minnesota at 16, they have better skill players, no doubt, but quarterback, offensive line. But all the teams that I just mentioned, or most of them, Tampa Bay, skill players and quarterback and offensive line. The Chiefs, quarterback for sure, offensive line for sure, great coach. 
Skill players, uh, a little TBD, but Travis Kelsey is an absolute stud and they have depth. They have at least Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I think certainly in the case of Juju, he would probably be the best receiver on this Packers team. I'm higher on Juju than most and have been since college. 49ers, better skill players. Offensive line, big question. Uh, quarterback, big question with Trey Lance, but a very good coach. And they had some of those same questions last year. Quarterback, not great. Offensive line, not great. And yet they were able to put together a top 10 offense. Dallas, now they get a little worse from last year. They lose Amari Cooper. That offensive line gets a little bit worse. Um, but it's a good quarterback. Not a great quarterback. A good quarterback with very good skill position players. Seahawks, okay, they're out of the mix. Russell Wilson's gone. They're out of the mix. The Rams, we assume they're going to be right there. Uh, now, then you get to the Patriots. I actually think, as I was going through this, that this is a pretty good analog for what this Packers offense can be in 2022. They were ninth in DVOA. That's that's good. And 10th in EPA per play. So if you adjust for schedule, they're a little bit better. But still, this is, that's a top 10 offense with a rookie and no real number one receivers. It was a bunch of pieces. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, you have the tight ends, but Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry were not healthy this all season. They had a very good run game, a very good offensive line, and they have a very good coach. Okay, we'll take that. And now you've got a much better quarterback. I think an offensive line that at least if David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, you know, certainly David Bakhtiari, we expect to be out there week one, although we need to see him for sure at some point to know that that's going to be the case. Elton Jenkins, we expect to be back at some point. Reports over the weekend suggest that Robert Tunyon is going to be back for week one, which would be 10 months recovery. That would be great. Um, and, and I think help your run and pass game. I think the backers have the best backfield in the league. They have... Uh, you know, with Mercedes Lewis and Big Bob Tunyon, a very nice group at tight end. And then some stuff. But they still have the best quarterback in the league or second best or third best, whatever. If you want to split hairs, Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers. I think that is, frankly, to me, a tier of its own. And then everyone else after that, Herbert, Burrow, Wilson, all those guys. They're after. How, how much are they really going to fall? Well, now, if you're if you're looking at a team like Indiana... Indiana, Indianapolis with Matt Ryan, they could be a lot better. Jonathan Taylor, a really good offensive line, Michael Pittman, but they don't have a deep group at that skill position. The delta between Rodgers and Ryan is pretty big. And I would take Matt LaFleur over Frank Reich, at least as an offensive play caller in this moment. I, I think he's a better coach flat out. Frank Reich is also a big reason they went and got Carson Wentz. That turned out to be a big mistake. Once you start getting into 13, 14 Cleveland, that team's going to be worse because Deshaun Watson is going to miss the whole year, I think. Arizona is a mess. Minnesota, Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback. Offensive line is still a problem. We have no idea how they're going to react to this scheme in, in year one, but certainly skill talent is there. Baltimore, they have no receivers. Now, I think Cincinnati at 18 with, with an improved offensive line, they take a jump. I don't think penciling them in as a top 10 offense right away or a top five offense is, is realistic. That would be a pretty big jump for them. And Las Vegas, the team that got Devontae Adams. How many of those teams are would you bet your life are going to be ahead of Green Bay in 2022? 
I think that's a that's a really interesting question. If you look at EPA per play, Green Bay was third behind Tampa and KC. They're probably going to be behind those teams again. Buffalo right after them, probably not going to be as good as Buffalo. The Chargers right after them, probably not going to be as good as the Chargers. And then you start to then then it starts to become a question. Okay, San Francisco. I think they can have a better offense than San Francisco. Dallas. I think they can have a better offense than Dallas. I think they're better coach. They've got a better quarterback. The Rams, what are we getting from Allen Robinson? What does the offensive line look like? What does Matthew Stafford look like in year two? How do teams change the way they defend Cooper Cup? What do they learn from that Bengals game with Noah Odell Beckham? Can they create down the field the same kind of way? I'm not worried about the Cardinals. I'm not worried about the, the, the Patriots. Now, Philly is interesting. The Bengals are interesting. But that still puts the Packers in that sort of six through nine range. That's a pretty good range to be in. That's still a very good offense. The Rams were eighth in DVOA last year and won the Super Bowl. The Bengals were 18th and went to the Super Bowl. Buffalo was 10th. You wouldn't think that. Josh Allen. But they had a, that was a really good football team. San Francisco. Now, San Francisco was fifth. Quietly, a very, very efficient offense. A lot of that is Kyle Shanahan. I joke, but he's, he's a really good offensive coach. And I think you can expect Philly to get better. Denver should, should get a lot better, but we'll see. That's year one in a new system, in a new place, all that stuff. My point in doing this is to say, yes, I, I think Green Bay will fall out of the top three probably out of the top five. I have a hard time putting them outside the top 10 just because these other teams have question marks. Yes, they might be better at some spots than they were last year, but I don't think the loss of Devontae Adams and let's say the return of David Bakhtiari, of Elton Jenkins, the additions that the Packers have made, if you can keep Randall Cobb a little bit healthier, Al Nazard a little bit healthier, Christian Watson gives you something, Sammy Watkins gives you something, This offense can still be really good. The question is, how much better do you need this defense to be to get you where you want to go in 2022? We're going to talk about that after the break. Before we do, bet online, your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs. Well, Stanley Cup. And, uh, well... Some stuff happened last night. Uh, Major League Baseball, Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, live betting, esports, scores, golf, MMA, racing. There's a ton of stuff to still gamble on. I know that we're getting into that sports part of the calendar where it's like, ugh, there's always something to gamble on. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, I was looking at the team rankings by DVOA. Dallas, somehow the number one team in DVOA in 2021. Very bizarre. But they played well in the second half of the season, and yet no one was really that scared of them. When you look at these good teams from last year in Green Bay, eighth in DVOA last year, even with the second best offense. They were 22nd defensive DVOA. The Chiefs, who went to the AFC Championship game, 
They were third in offense and 24th in defense. When you look at these teams, though, Dallas, second on defense. Buffalo, first on defense. Tampa Bay, ninth. The Patriots, fourth. The Rams, fifth. The 49ers, seventh. These were the playoff teams last year. The good teams. The Cowboys, top 10 in offense and defense. Buffalo, top 10 in offense and defense. Bucks, Patriots, Rams, 49ers, all top 10 in offense and defense. Now, the Bengals, this is one of the reasons why I think they're going to regress in 2022. This was not a great team. They got hot. They got a little bit of luck. They played some really good football in the second half against the Chiefs after it looked like they were going to get run off the field. They played the Rams tough. I, I don't think the Rams were that great last year. The Packers made them look, you know, I don't want to say bad, but the Packers dominated that game at home. If you want to be a playoff team, you need to have a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. So if, if you think the Packers can still be in that top 10, and I do, I think six, seven, eight, somewhere in that range, sort of right where the Rams were last year at eight, at seven and weighted, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I think that gets you there offensively. But then the question becomes, what are you defensively? What can you be defensively? And you're going to need to be really good. You're going to need to be really good. And, and I have said over and over and over, this defense has the chance to be the best in football. It has the talent to be the best in football. And so let's go through this same experiment. The Packers, 22nd in DVOA last year, 22nd in weighted, which means they were not playing any better in the second half of the season. So, okay, Seattle. I think they're, they're certainly a more talented defense than Seattle. I would expect them to be a better defense than Seattle. Denver. Bradley Chubb healthy. What are you getting outside of Sertan at corner? Okay, I think I think the Packers have more talent. I think there are questions in Denver and they play in a harder division. So I'm going to say I think Green Bay's defense can be better. The Bengals. But we saw this Bengals defense. This Bengals defense with Lou Anarumo, they are going to be exotic. But in terms of pure talent, the Packers are better. The Packers are, are, to me, clearly better. Better in the secondary. Better up front. Devondre Campbell is the X-Factor superstar linebacker. The Giants, I think the Packers are better. The, the Raiders, especially after losing uh, Chandler Jones. That defense has got a lot of question marks. I think the Packers are better. Or can be better. The Vikings, the Packers are more talented. And who knows what that defense is going to look like without Mike Zimmer. I think he consistently gets more out of his guys than their talent suggests they should. Carolina. Green Bay's got more talent than Carolina. And I like some of the stuff Carolina did. They're going to get J.C. Horn back from injury. But they lose Stephon Gilmore, who, who played nicely for them in stretches last year. So... I think the Packers can be better than them. The Bears, who knows what's going on in Chicago? 
They're, they, they're down some players. They lose Khalil Mack. Sounds like Robert Quinn could be on the trade block. They're down. Akeem Hicks is now in Tampa. So I think the Packers are going to be better than the Bears. All right, all of a sudden, we're top 12 here. Okay, Titans. That's a pretty good defense in Tennessee. Cleveland. It's a pretty good defense in Cleveland. Miami. It's a pretty good defense in Miami. Now, I think you, you, you look at some of these teams up in here in this range. I don't know that New England is going to be in the top five again. You lose J.C. Jackson. These guys get a little bit older. I don't know who's rushing the passer for this team. I don't know who's covering for this team. That leaves me with a lot of questions. The Cardinals, I don't expect to be as good. I, I frankly don't know how they were as good as they were last year. But so now we're talking about a top 10 team, if you're the Packers, a top 10 defense. So if they can be the eighth offense and the eighth defense, that's a Super Bowl team, a Super Bowl caliber team. The question that we have to ask ourselves is why would they get that much better? Why would they improve that much year over year? Well, number one, defense is very volatile. Let me give you a good example. Dallas, they were second in DVOA last year. The previous year, they were 23rd. What was the difference? Micah Parsons. They added real bona fide top-tier talent, but they had injuries elsewhere. Demarcus Lawrence. They had some, some cheap signings. Jerome Curse. Trayvon Diggs played out of his mind, creating turnovers. These things can flip on just one player. Okay. The Patriots, they were 26th two years ago, fourth last year. The Titans, 29th two years ago, 12th last year. That was supposed to be the jump the Packers made. The Browns, 25th two years ago, 11th last year. You get a little lucky with injuries. You get a little lucky with turnovers. And all of a sudden, everything changes. The Packers, so you say, okay, Micah Parsons. The Packers are not going to get, they didn't bring in a Micah Parsons level talent. Well, maybe they did. Maybe Devontae Wyatt plays at an all defensive player of the year or, or rookie of the year level. Maybe Quay Walker does. But guess what? We don't even have to extrapolate that far. You know who the Packers are getting that they didn't have last year? Jair Alexander. An all-pro-level corner. You're telling me his appearance on this team is not going to impact them in a significant way? I think Jair Alexander changes everything for this defense. Their ability to lock him up on a side or on a player and say, this is your job and we're going to do all of this other stuff around you. That is so freeing for a defense. The Packers got really good productivity out of Russell Douglas and Eric Stokes. They were both really, really good when they pressed in a defense that usually wants to play a little bit more off. Well, if you've got this other guy, then you don't have to do the kinds of things with your safeties that you have to do when you're a little bit more worried about what's going on up front. You don't have to do the same things with your pass rush. Again, as good as Russell Douglas and Eric Stokes played last year, neither of them are the caliber of player that Jair Alexander gives you. So the improvement, the incremental improvement that he gives you is enormous. 
Now you're adding depth up front with Jerron Reed and, and Devontae Wyatt to go along with Kenny Clark. Your run defense should be significantly better if you're the Packers. That was, that was what really killed them. 16th against the pass last year, 28th against the run. If you just get to 10th against the pass and 12th against the run, that gets you, that was Tampa Bay last year. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that, but that was Tampa. 10th and 12th. They were the ninth best team. They were a top 10 team in defensive DVOA. It's doable. They don't have to go all the way to number one, but they can because of the talent that they're going to put on the field for this upcoming season. It is remarkable the talent that they can put out there. In their starting 11, there is no weakness on this team. There's not. There's not a below average player on the group. And if you're on the defensive front, you can bring in Dean Lowry. That guy's a solid rotational defensive lineman, maybe a little overpaid for what he brings. Never going to complain about anyone getting that money, but he's a useful player. Had the best sack season of his career last year. Devontae Wyatt, super talented player. We'll see what he is as an actual NFL player, but very talented. Quay Walker, very talented. He's probably your weak link right now in the starting lineup, and that's just because we've never seen him play. He may end up being awesome. Plenty of linebackers come into the NFL right away and play and play well. Not all of them, but if you're going to do it, you probably want to be at Georgia, having played in the SEC, playing on that defense with all that talent. The safeties are really good. The corners are the best. It's the best cornerback group one through three in the league. You've got bookend pass rushers, a, a rising superstar, Rashawn Gary, and your solid veteran, Preston Smith. Now the depth, some question marks there for sure. They got to get that part of it figured out, I think. I think you're going to see Quay Walker lining up on the edge a little bit, some blitzing stuff on the edge. We saw that with Joe Barry last year. He played three off-ball linebackers at times. I think we, I think we might see that with Walker on the edge because he's got that length at 6'4", 235, with long arms. We saw Oren Burks on the edge playing a sort of Sam linebacker situation. Is he dropping? Is he coming? Especially against teams that want to live in, you know, 21, but they don't want to run the ball a ton. They want to throw it. They want to be balanced. I think you could see that. I think we're going to see a lot of different things from this team. Chris Barnes is solid for what he brings, but has clear deficiencies. If you're putting him in a situation where he's your third linebacker, that's depth. That's nice depth. I think the Packers have that on this defense, which gives them the potential to be you know, I, I, dominant is not overstating it. They certainly have the potential to be dominant. I think they are likely a top 10 defense. Okay. That's what they have to be. For this team to be a Super Bowl contender, that's what they have to be. Because the offense is going to take a step back. Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in on the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. All right, we're going to be back on Wednesday. We've got a summer Friday conversation coming up on Friday, of course. Um, and plenty more to get to here as we inch toward training camp basically a month away. Uh, a month yesterday away from the opening of training camp. 
The rookies have to come a couple days sooner. The Packers release the schedule dates, so go find those if you want to go to camp, you want to watch camp. Unfortunately, far fewer dates this year where the camp is going to be open to the public than in years past. Only about a dozen or so of those dates. Usually it's 20 plus practices that that fans can come and watch, but this is unfortunately the reality of the modern NFL teams are getting very concerned about these things, very secretive. The Packers changed their media policy a couple years ago where you can't even theoretically tweet who is or write about who is starting. Who's running with the ones descriptions about certain plays in certain 11 on 11s can't even write about it for fear or talk about it for fear of having your credentials pulled. I think it's silly, but the team is, I guess, trying to protect some competitive edge. I don't know why that that would affect fans, but I guess any scout from another team could just show up. That was always true. The Packers have been winning for years. I don't get it. Not the point. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thanks to everyone who watches this on YouTube. If you don't, go check us out. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. We have our free Monday edition out right now. More stuff coming this week. We will be taking a break from that coming up here in in a week or so um, and uh, taking a little bit of time off. Uh, I, I will not be, well, I will be, but you will not notice, I guess is what I'll say. Um, and so we're going to keep having shows. That's the beauty of it. Keep having shows here for the next couple of weeks. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski, um, unless you're a person that is precious about soccer, because then you might be mad about some of my tweets. Uh <laughs> If you know, you know. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter and thoughts on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920 341 3775. Stay locked on Packers. <laughs>